0: Hello, readers. My name is Jason Jefferies, and I'm your host for Bookin, sponsored by Quail Ridge Books, Raleigh, North Carolina's trusted community bookstore. My guest today is Tupelo Hassman. She is the recipient of the Nevada Writers Hall of Fame Silver Pen Award, the Sherwood Anderson Fiction Award, and her first novel, Girl Child, was the recipient of the American Library Association's Alex Award. Her new novel is Gods with a Little G, published by our friends at FSG. Tupelo, welcome to the program.
1: Thank you, Jason.
0: Yeah, it's an honor to have you here. And um, Tupelo, we recorded this interview the first time at Quail Ridge Books in a Rainstorm, and you were on your book tour, and you had come from San Francisco uh, the night before, which, because of the time difference, is really the night before. Um, And I looked at your (laughs) tour itinerary, and it gave me a headache um have you recovered okay from that tour and uh, did you sleep a lot on the airplanes
1: i slept the the night before i saw you mm. which i i vaguely remember your kind face <laughs> and um and then when i came home it's hurricane season here in in the south mm. and i then we evacuated in advance of dorian and then it was unnecessary for us to evacuate but we did it so i feel like i'm just recovering now to answer your question
0: yeah for sure and um you told me that a couple of trees fell near your house is everything okay
1: yeah two big trees fell in our yard and just one of them brushed the house and to me that is terrifying
0: yeah, and that's always my biggest worry here. Raleigh's called the City of Oaks, so every time we have a hurricane oh. coming through, I'm just worried about... My house is surrounded by trees, so... Yeah. Um, yeah, always keeping my fingers crossed. Um, I
1: love them, and I want to be their steward, but that was uh, that was scary. But also, I come from the country of earthquakes, and I know people are afraid of them, and I, it, I think it just so much depends on what you're used to.
0: Indeed, for sure. And um, as you mentioned, you're now living in Charleston, South Carolina, Uh, And I don't think that you were living there when I read your last novel, Girl Child. How did you end up in South Carolina and what's it like living in Charleston?
1: I am here while my husband is going to the American College of Building Arts, Mm -hmm. which is a four-year program. It's super unique, learning uh, restorative building techniques. Um, he's, He's a timber framer and he's very happy. Charleston is different than anywhere I've ever lived. And also we live in the suburbs and I've never lived in the suburbs. And I think that's more what I am getting used to than anything else.
0: Sure. Your husband's a timber framer. Was he able to do anything with those trees that fell down?
1: <laughs> uh, saw them right up. And that was about it.
0: All right, great. Thanks Tupelo. Um, Your novel, Gods with a little g, is fantastic as was your previous novel, Girl Child. And in this new novel, Gods with a little g, there are two cities, Rosary and Sky, and they are separated by a bridge. Sky is a city where people are sort of free to live their lives, but Rosary is not. Can you describe Rosary for us?
1: Rosary is hyper hyper religious, uh, hyper conservative in, in those general ways that we think of that, and They're so strict. It's almost like a gated community, but they're so strict that they've limited the internet and they only show old old movies at the theater. You know, everything has been uh, sanitized for your protection.
0: Right. And what was the inspiration for this setting? Did you grow up in a town like Rosary?
1: Oh, no. It was very filthy where I lived. But um, I, I do think about... Gated communities and the, you know, the resegregation, and I'm interested in all of that and the ways that we think we're protecting our children and from what um, that's certainly on my mind,
0: right? And um, Tupelo, the protagonist of the novel is Helen or Hell, as she is called by some of those who are close to her. And Helen lives with her father, uh, her mother has passed away, and her aunt is a psychic amongst other things um, I'm curious about your inspiration for including a psychic in the town of Rosary and in this context uh, I want to quote a sentence from page 20 which is I don't know that anyone wakes up in the morning with plans to have her fortune told is this true
1: I you know I think that's true but I will say that my editor asked me if I was true she said don't, don't some people plan to do this I I don't know those people. Uh, I I believe all kinds of people exist, but I don't know those people. But I, I don't plan a lot when I'm writing, but I did want to have a counter voice to the religion and rosary. Helen's dad is a fervent and strict believer. And I'm not saying Helen's not, but she has her own path. So to have Aunt Beverly there helps with that and also in their family there's meant to be maybe some inherited psychic trait so aunt bev can give voice to that since helen's mom has passed away
0: right and speaking of psychic traits below can you talk to us about reading tea leaves please
1: <laughs> yeah I can. I didn't mean for this to be a a thing that I ever talked about. But so I've read T. Lee since I was little. My mom taught me how one time she never mentioned it again. She she passed away a long time ago. And so I would always do this for my friends. After sushi. Right. Just very casually. Mm -hmm. And then a friend when I lived in New York said I've I've told these people that you can read tea leaves. They need someone for this party and they'll pay you 50 bucks or whatever, whatever it was, which I, I dearly needed $50. And, um, and I said, no way. And then I said, okay, if they'll, if they promise to only pay me if I do an adequate job, I'll give it a go. And, um, and it was fine. And I did it a couple of times in that way. And then in the in the book, this is Helen's quote unquote gift to read tea leaves, and so of course I talked to my editor about it because I confuse her from my therapist, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and I outed myself, and then she was surprisingly super into it, super into the whole realm. Uh, she's very open, and um, and long longer story, a little bit shorter she convinced me that I should read tea leaves on FSG's Instagram for strangers. And so I did that on the publication day and it went well. I mean, in my style of tea leaf reading where I don't tell anyone something they don't know, but something I wouldn't know it was successful. So here we are.
0: Excellent. And even though you never intended to talk about that, I found it fascinating. So thank you for talking about it here. Um, Back to your book, Tupelo. One of the main settings in Gods with the Little G is a tire yard, which is run by a man, Fast Eddie, who gives the teenagers beers uh, for both lifting up their shirts and also for just asking him how he was doing. Do all towns like Rosary have a place like the tire yard, or do all towns like Rosary have a Fast Eddie?
1: Oh, well, I mean, I hope all teenagers have a place where they can go and be themselves, but I would presume every town has something as far as, excuse me, as far as whether every town has a kind of a somewhat creepy perv. Yes, but (laughs) Mm. (laughs) I think it has to be a town like grocery. I think it could be any town, Mm. but I think that the tire yard is a little unique in that it isn't someone's basement or the latchkey kid's house.
0: Thank you so much. Um, Listeners, we're going to take a break for a word from our sponsor, and then I will be right back with Tupelo Hassman. The Bookin' Podcast is sponsored by Libro FM Audiobooks. Libro.fm lets you purchase audiobooks directly from your favorite local bookstore, Quail Ridge Books. You can pick from more than 100,000 audiobooks, including New York Times bestsellers and recommendations from booksellers around the country. With Libro.fm, you'll get the same audiobooks at the same price as the largest audiobook company out there. You know the name, but you'll be part of a much different story, one that supports community. Listeners of Bookin' can get a three-month audiobook membership for the price of one. Go to Libro.fm, that's libr dot F-M, and enter BOOKIN, B-O-O-K-I-N, in the promo code space. With each listen, take pride in knowing that you're supporting local bookstores. I'm back with Tupelo Hassman, author of Gods with a Little G, published by our friends at FSG. Tupelo I grew up in a town in South Carolina that was not too terribly far removed from Rosary. A portion of my time growing up was pre-internet, or at least before the internet dominated everything when you still needed an American online CD and a dial-up modem to access a chat room. Um, There was a cable TV company in our town that refused to carry MTV because it would corrupt the town's youth, and this was until... WWF Wrestling started airing a show on MTV and people finally threatened revolution if they were forced to miss their wrestling. Much of this novel, Gods with a Little G, hearkened back to my childhood when it was possible to live in a town like Rosary that was shut off from the internet and media and mass communication of a certain aspect of pop culture. Do you think this is even possible anymore?
1: I do. I probably wouldn't accept that I teach an international body of students in my teaching work Mm -hmm. and the students from China often cannot, if they go home while they're studying, they cannot access all the websites that I'm throwing at them and they have to ask me to copy and paste. So I know it's possible. Mm -hmm. Advisable. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Also, if I didn't have MTV, I only had MTV when I was a child, when I stayed with my dad, Mm -hmm. but if I didn't have MTV even a few months a year, I don't know what kind of grown-up I would be. I, I think it really helped me. That, that's how I ha- found Prince.
0: Yeah, I know, right? That was back when MTV actually played music. Um, oh, great. Those were the days. <laughs> Let's talk about the structure of this novel a little bit, which Michael Schaub, who's been one of my favorite critics since he wrote for Book Slut, um, pointed out in a review for NPR, has these short staccato passages. Each chapter is also named as opposed to to numbered. Um, can you talk a little bit first about this, this uh, layout with the short chapters and then also how did you name these chapters? For example, fake Chinese rubber plant.
1: I, with my first novel, Girl Child, I wrote these short chapters and I said it was because I was writing about trauma. I thought that, I thought that was the answer and it maybe is, but then when I did it again, I I think I have to cocktail to this being the way that I naturally write mm-hmm. in short chapters, and I'm attracted to titles. Mm-hmm. And also, when the chapters are short, you can give a more definitive title than if it encompassed many, many scenes. But and the titles are so fun, and also it's such a good place for Easter eggs, like the one that you're talking about.
0: Definitely, I had fun with that one. Um, I want to talk about two things in this next question, and one is Helen's father, and one is the terrible kind of um, schlocky pornographic novels that Helen and her friend, Wen read aloud to one another to pass the time. Can you talk about Helen's dad and also about the um, pornographic novels that are a thread in this book?
1: So, yes, of course. Uh, Helen makes friends with these new people, new students at her school, uh, Winthrop and Rainboline, and to pass the time they apparently for who knows how long have been reading aloud their dad's porn books to each other and doing funny voices and accents and things. And so Helen gets to be a part of this. <laughs> and it's good fun. Um, but so. Because they read all of it, even the sounds and everything is typed out, and nothing is left to the imagination. And she is able to associate that with the kind of groaning, groaning non verbal stage her dad is at in his depression mm-hmm. and how when she's trying to caretake him and make sure he takes a shower and does his things, he just kind of responds with the... And how, how it is not dissimilar to the noises one might make during sex, according to these authors of the, of the, no, of the pornographic novels.
0: Right. Thanks, Tupelo. Um, the cover of your novel looks like a flyer for a missing cat. And in the novel, Helen has lost her cat, Rudolph. Can you tell us about Rudolph and Rudolph's importance to the story?
1: Oh poor Rudolph. Rudolph was her cat since she was little. And they were good good friends and very deeply associated for Helen with her mother who's passed away. And and also her mother's system of faith, which is more organic seeming than her father's. And she kind of takes that with her. And so when Rudolph so Rudolph is lost, Helen makes a sign for him. And a lost sign. <coughs> oh, That's my dog who is not lost at all. Completely right here barking, which is not what I anticipated. Sorry. <laughs> no worries. Um, and then she kind of gets into making signs for less material objects that are also lost. And that theme continues throughout the book.
0: Thanks, Tupelo. Um, finally... I would like to ask you, we don't spend a lot of time in the city of Sky in this novel, uh, or any time really, though it is alluded to. What do you think the teenagers in Sky are doing while the teenagers in Rosary are drinking beer and having sex and fighting and whatever else they are doing? Are the teenagers in Sky doing the same types of things, or is the forbidden nature of these activities in Rosary the specific reason why it is the only thing that kids who live there want to do?
1: Such a good question. I've thought about Sky a lot, and I hope to have a fantasy of going there with Helen. But um, I think that those kids are doing things they maybe shouldn't do, but maybe with much – certainly with much less of a charge because they're not necessarily rebelling. If they have a beer, they're probably more like someone having a beer and less like someone like you said, starting a revolution, and that seems a little healthier to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also imagine that they have their own apathies and tediums, you know, jobs and things along with the along with those freedoms and choices that they have that the kids in Rosary do not.
0: right. Thanks. And I said that was the last question, but I actually have one more. Is the bridge right. between Rosary and Sky more inspired? By the bridges in California, where you used to live, or the bridges in Charleston, where you live now?
1: Oh, that's such a pretty question. Definitely more by California, since Rosary, geographically, is more inspired by the area near Richmond, uh, if you're familiar with the Bay Area, Mm -hmm. and then Sky is more inspired by an idea of San Francisco that is maybe a little less um, dot .com-based than it is now, but Uh, a more anarchic san francisco
0: right yeah i'm definitely familiar with richmond i lived in san francisco for 10 years but i got out right before uh the dot coms moved in yeah it's different it is different well listeners i have been speaking with tupelo hassman author of gods with a little g published by our friends at fsg tupelo thank you for joining me
1: thank you so much jason
0: once again, I would like to thank Tupelo Hassman for joining me. Signed copies of Gods with a little g can be purchased in-store at Quail Ridge Books and online at www.quailridgebooks.com. Our sponsor is Libro.fm Audiobooks. Please navigate over to Libro.fm and enter the promo code Bookin. That's B O O. K I N in the promo code space to get three months of audiobooks for the price of one and support Quail Ridge Books in the process. My name is Jason Jefferies and this has been Booking.